Undivided Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a special hockey-only episode of the House Divided Podcast. Jeremy, this is your territory. You got to be excited, bud. I was going to say, man, I didn't didn't do any guest appearances yet. I saved it all for this piece. We're, we're back. Let's go. It's finally here. We, we started this show a couple of years ago with this being the goal. Well, not really the goal, but uh, this is what brought us together. So, yeah, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. So, folks, if you're not aware, you should be. Uh, big hockey series this weekend, Michigan-Michigan State, round two. Uh, last series was early December, I want to say. Yeah, it was early December because it was Michigan's last before the break. And uh, it was a split where I believe uh, MSU won 2-1 at home and Michigan won either 2-1 or yeah, I think it was also two yeah, one, three one, three three two game. Because it was something. Late goal. I thought that Broca shut out though. I'm gonna say two oh, one. I'm gonna say they traded two one victories. Yeah. Ultimately, the moral of the story is that it was a very evenly played series, and basically we watched the same game twice, except with uh, different winners. So obviously, this is a big one coming up. Uh. Jeremy, before we get into the series itself, well, you know what? Before we get into uh, even the last month of Michigan and Michigan State hockey, you got anything on your mind? We could we could squeeze a few basketball jokes in here, right? Right before we jump into hockey. Man, I'm I at, your your Twitter universe looks terrible, by the way. I've been using the For You tab, and I'm getting a lot of Sparty content because I've got a lot of mutuals, and it appears there's been some infighting. I mean, that's just always how it is. I think you're just shielded off from it a lot of times. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, as a as a Grand Valley grad who is an MSC fan, <laughs> I have to say that there's some Grand Valley grads showing their ass on the timeline and some not yet grads, current Grand Valley students who are big in MSC Twitter who maybe, maybe grew up a little privileged. Let's just say that. Um, it all actually this has never happened before. And I don't want to do the whole like, oh, Izzo comes on in March, but it's not even that. Like we've had down teams before. I don't know. Maybe yeah, like most of them recently. Well, yeah, that's true. Maybe that's why people <laughs> are finally getting to it. But the one that like made me like laugh hysterically was the like, oh, uh show me one reason we should keep him. And then you say, Well, we want a top five class coming in next year. And then they respond, I'll believe it when I see it. They've all signed the <laughs> letters of intent. That uh, so are we saying that yeah. they're all going to I think they, I think they bought into the Michigan thing now. He can't work with talented players. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I, that's the crazy part to me is like, you know, I'm always going to get my jokes off on Izzo when I can because he hates Michigan so much, and he's annoying because he's been Which so successful. About him. Yeah, of course, and it should be, uh, but. So I'm always going to get the jokes off when I can. But to me, like with that class coming in and his past success, like Cassius Winston wasn't that long ago, guys. And so it's like it, it's just wild to me that your own fans, although some people have 
and I quote said, I'm not in the same reality uh, because I had some questions about Juwan Howard. So I guess uh, there's there's a flip side to every coin, right? <laughs> there is. There is. Speaking of, uh, of Michigan and uh, not, not getting into basketball here, guess who I saw Saturday, Brendan? One of your faves. Yeah? Who? Out in the wild, Mr. Mel Pearson. Oh, same, fuck. Same oh, no way. <laughs> same same rink. We did a little. You know, how do you do? You did not. Uh, he walked right past me. Yeah, you're. Oh my god. Well, uh, official loser energy out of Jeremy for not physically harming that man. <laughs> um, <laughs> just as buddy, jokes. As, as my buddy who was at the showcase the day before but was not there Saturday said, and he knows Mel much better. He asked him if he was still wearing the funeral black, and I confirmed that he was. He was wearing a nice black puffer vest uh, there to uh, watch DCC and bring Kalanicki coaching. So, yeah, awkward situation. He's there to watch DCC, whose goaltender is Brandon Durano's half-brother. So, a little Yeah, awkward. man. Well... <laughs> That's one thing you'll find about Mel Pearson is he makes a lot of situations uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> I just situations cannot... and people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly people, to be honest with you. Um, God damn it, dude. You did completely derailed me. I was ready to rip on Michigan basketball. <laughs> now you got me all hot and bothered about Mel Pearson. Jesus. Well, I was going to say, speaking of things that disappoint you. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, they they're winning by twenty right now. So that, like as we speak, so probably not gonna age well here. Uh, they've it'll I, be their first three game win streak in Big Ten play, I believe. Or wait, would it not to, be three? I want the listener to know that before we got on and recorded at about seven forty five, you did say that we were gonna get you live reacting to them blowing this game. So. <laughs> yeah, they won by twenty one. <laughs> so that may have been a little bit of pessimism. Folks, your boy is doing fine, but uh, pessimism in sports has grown uh, over over the last year or so. Um, don't know why. Random, probably. Uh, anyways, Michigan basketball is looking decent, actually. If you just pull up their February page, they're 3-0. and um, You got the Indiana Hoosiers hot off a win over number one Purdue coming into town on Saturday. I still don't think they make the tournament, but I will say as somebody who is having lots of negative feelings about the Juwan Howard era, uh, this little string of games showing they're alive after they got fucking decimated by Penn State has been nice. So, uh, yeah. You'd like to see a pulse, right? Just show me a pulse. Yeah, it it definitely would have been more worrying if they would have just kept floundering, like I know they're a young team who replaced a lot. So if they would have just kept doing this until the end of the season, that would have been bad. They're finally winning some games. So it's going good. Hopefully yeah, I'll be fully back on the train of hoping they make the tournament. If they beat Indiana on Saturday, I'll give you guys that. If, uh, if they beat Indiana on Saturday, go on a four game win streak. And that's a really good, a pretty, not a really good, pretty good Indiana team. Really good. Uh, star player and Tracy Jackson Davis. Uh, if they can win that game, I'm back in. I hope they make the tournament. But at this point, it doesn't feel like there's a point to hope in that. That'd be, uh, that'd be probably their most impressive win of the season, wouldn't it? That would have to be. I think probably. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Basketball. Fun stuff. 
I don't think you guys are on the bubble. I've seen a lot of bubble talk from that area of Twitter. I, I still think that the name recognition keeps you off the bubble for a little bit longer. If you, you have a pretty easy, not pretty easy, but a much easier stretch of schedule coming up. Uh, if you keep floundering through that, well, then we can talk about the bubble. But right now you guys are in for sure. Yeah, I agree. I have no concerns about the bubble. I think I have more concerns about being on the, the eight nine line and having to see a number one seed. But maybe this year is the year that you don't really mind it. Because outside of Purdue, I don't really know what Yeah, I've I watched did, a little so. bit of Houston, and when they're think, on, okay, they look like a death machine to play against. But I've seen them when they're off. Um, I'll pick Izzo versus Calvin Sampson. I do not want to see Kansas. Bill Self destroys time. Ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how good the Kansas team is. I just don't Honestly, though, who cares though? Like, <laughs> you're you're a, this is a MSU team that really shouldn't worry about trying to beat a one seed. Like, oh, get in the MSU. tournament, get in the tournament, get a win, and then look forward to that recruiting class. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's talk puck. That was fun, but uh, let's get down to business here. Um, I'll start. So, Michigan in the second half is traditionally a team that, you know, after a very annoying first half, they really start to come on strong stack results, stack sweeps. And (laughs) you were telling me over the winter break, like, Hey, that's probably going to happen. You should chill. They're a young team. It's probably going to happen. And me being pessimistic as we have covered previously (laughs) was like, ah, whatever. And they came out that opening night and got outshot like 50 to 15 by Ohio state and lost seven to two. And I literally was texting you. I was like, fucking see they're, they're terrible. They're terrible. This sucks. I hate life. Uh, all that nonsense. And you know, came into that Saturday night game, a little trepidatious, (laughs) but since then they, won that game they got a road split against the best team in the country in minnesota uh in a series that very well could have been a sweep and then they swept penn state who's a top five national team and then they swept uh our favorite coach tony granado the badgers that wasn't much of a challenge but it appears jeremy that you were right and michigan has come on very strong in the second half uh any, any, I told you so. If you want to get in here, or was mine sufficient? Oh, man, just, hey, I mean, I think all that's changed, right? It was a new coach and a coach that they actually had to play for. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like, I guess we don't really have a good big sport. I was trying to think, like, you know, Bucky basketball, when they've had their like freshman teams still kind of start hot, they don't really need the whole season to get going. But that just, you have to read in like seven freshmen every year. That don't just come in and be freshmen. Like you guys turn turn over your roster enough that the freshmen got to come in and actually make a big difference. Um, yes. So, and I think like the schedule is not more compact than a junior hockey schedule, like by any means. Especially these guys coming off the NTDP, like they come off the year where they play like 65, 70 games. So that's not the hard part. The hard part is that most <laughs> playing <of these> guys, men. <laughs> Play men, and most of these guys, man, they come off of like outside of the NTDP, which does actually a decent job of schooling. Like some of these guys might not have been in school last year; they might have been online. Like all they did was hockey. That's all they had to worry about. 
and now you're at a big school, you've got lifts, you've got class, then you've got practice, then you've got, it's just, it wears guys out. And and then you take on that you are 19 playing a 25-year-old. And when he leans on you in the corner, it's a little different than when the other 17 or 18-year-old leaned on you in the corner. Um, so yeah, man, it just takes a while like, to build up some of your endurance. And like, that's why I always think I see Michigan struggle with like the Saturday night game some years. It's just like, well, they had all the, the piss and vinegar on Friday, but then they didn't have the legs on Saturday. Like that's what happens, man. It's it's a it's a big, big adjustment. So seems like they just hit that again. And now you guys have like the bonus this year of getting possibly two guys back who have been not in the fire all season and Holtz and uh you know who would I expect to happen this weekend, which is Frank Nazareth back in the lineup. That's so back in the lineup in the in the lineup for the first time. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Holtz was, played a little bit very early, uh, but and by the way, if you have not, what's the website you were on? That the story on Stephen Holtz, who published that was at the USCHO. USCHO did one. Yes, USCHO did a story on Stephen Holtz, and if you're listening to this and have not read that, I strongly encourage you to find that article, read it. It's it's excellent. I unbelievable story, Uh, scary, but to see him playing hockey last weekend was just. Uh, absurdly positive, and not just playing hockey, but having his like D, what was it, D two moment there, uh, where he's pumping up the crowd and he's getting yeah. So also, yeah, just, he, uh... just a little plug for you, Brendan. That story was written by someone I've known for a long, long time. Her name's Paula Weston over at USCHO. Thank you. And she teaches uh, at the community college up by you guys. She's like a point area area person oh really that's cool wow uh appreciate can you repeat that name paula weston appreciate paula and uh again excellent story i encourage you all to read it um yeah the moment jeremy's referencing for those who didn't see the wisconsin series was he took a uh, major penalty and got a game misconduct he chose to let the refs know that that was the incorrect call uh, and then got another 10-minute misconduct and I believe just got the game at that point. And so then he went with the they-can't-kick-me-out-twice route and decided to do a victory lap on his way out, pumping up the crowd, yelling at the other bench, doing everything he could to get that building going. Um Big Ten referees are just the worst. So the building was going all weekend and has been for a couple weekends now. Yost has been on fire. Um, it's a shame they won't be there for a couple weeks now. But, uh, yeah, strong second half for Michigan. I want to get into the Frank Nazar stuff later. Uh, but first, let's kind of talk about Michigan State's January because it, it, it didn't start off well. But, uh, obviously, last weekend was a huge, huge, huge series sweep uh for yeah. the spartans uh, so yeah, go through I mean, that Jan- a bit for me. january was a, actually january wasn't even the, the worst part i think you have to go back to gli too because we did wait a little bit there at the end of december but gli goes about as poorly as you wanted to go you ought to shoot Ferris massively but lose four to two um blow the lead against michigan tech so you come out of that oh and two 
and then catch Ohio State right as they're getting hot. <laughs> and they completely punk you 9-1 on the weekend, you know, 3-1, 6-0, back-to-back. Um, but it wasn't all terrible. I think they had a good home series against Penn State, um, you know, getting five out of the six points there. Uh, but then continue to show it that Minnesota's a wagon, losing 8 nothing the next week. So they've been a much better home team than, uh, than a road team. Like, all those losses have been away from home. They haven't lost at one since and they haven't lost at mine. This is fun. I'm doing research on the show since the UMass Bowl yeah. series in October. Wow. It's the only home loss. That is unbelievable. And, and I will say, I'm glad you corrected me because in my head, that Penn State series was a lot longer ago. Yeah. And then yeah, in the GLI, it, to me, there was no gap between the GLI and getting mm-hmm. boat raced by Minnesota. That was the yeah. only things I remembered yeah. really. But yeah, you're right. It was a, that was a huge uh, home series against Penn State, and then Notre Dame. Yeah, their performance at Mon is really the reason that they're in the thick of this uh, yep. Big Ten race for a home yeah, playoff spot. Two, two losses at Mon back in October, and nothing since. So pretty big. And no it. Big Ten games, right? Yeah, haven't lost a Big Ten game. The closest they've come is the uh, shootout win against Penn State. Oh, God. Folks, begging on my hands and knees for Michigan to break this on Friday. (laughs) Uh, But that is a very impressive stat, one that makes me a little concerned. Uh, (laughs) Wow. So let's kind of get into this then, that we brought up the Big Ten race. Uh, In... All Michigan State is concerned with right at this point is probably getting that home playoff series, especially with the context we have just provided uh, about their home record. Um, Michigan is probably a little more concerned with getting that two seed. So (laughs) the reason being, you may have seen a photo online of the Big Ten standings. I think two through five are all tied on points. So you've got Michigan and Ohio State at 30 points on 18 games played, and then Penn State and Michigan State at 30 points with 20 games played. So those two teams are really competing for the four seed, Michigan and Michigan State and Penn State, uh, in my mind, just because of the two less games and they're tied on points. Now, I will say Michigan State does have that opportunity. They play Michigan directly, so that could – really help them gain on them with even with the games in hand uh, U of M has. Uh, but still, you're you're really just looking to win over that four seed, I think. Um, Michigan, obviously, being tied with Ohio State in games played and points is probably hoping they can stay clear of MSU and Penn State and hoping they can beat Ohio State. Uh, and they have a series directly against them and Michigan State. So Michigan really, really controls their own destiny here. Uh, a little bit more so. But but the home playoff series is just so big. Uh, obviously for you guys. And then for Michigan, getting the two seed is massive because your first round opponent's fucking Wisconsin, which I can, I can say firsthand from watching that last weekend. Folks, you want Wisconsin in the first round of the Big Ten tournament yeah as i say you might have ghost ship wisconsin by that point yeah no kidding behind the bench at that point 
Yeah, are they straightening out the last few days? That was another text that Drew and I had last night. He was very, very jealous that uh, Michigan State might get to put the nail in the Granado coffin. And I reminded him that if Michigan is the two seed, you guys probably get to put the nail in the coffin. But it's a back-to-back, you know. Yeah, it's, a nice, it's, it's nice like the House nice. Divided podcast. How fitting um, if the House Divided podcast or the last four games of Tony Granado's uh, Wisconsin coaching career, we will have won. I'm really sad to see it end, though, because then they might get competent again. Well, yeah, nobody likes losing a good bit, but, like, yeah, it's... Lost. Like, we already lost our 15 now. And and now we're gonna lose a Granado. We need another Italian. As tradition, we lost the Patino bit too soon. Just a little quick there. It needs to be the end of the show now. We just have to keep going. We haven't won the series yet. <laughs> keep going. Talk about Michigan State. Talk about why it's important to get that home playoff series in the NCAA tournament picture. Yeah. Well, and so I mean, obviously we talk about the home record. That's that's huge for me. Um, I don't mind if they get the road series, if the road series is Notre Dame, because clearly that's the best matchup if we can avoid. I'd really, I'd be okay with, uh, you know, Notre Dame at either location, but I'd bump Penn State only at home. So that's the two that I prefer to play. I prefer to avoid Michigan and Ohio State in the playoffs in the first round. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's huge. And and I think if you get to that four seed, like I, the way I see it, we need – I before – what was it before the was before the Minnesota series coming off of Penn State? People asked me as State kind of got back in the Stanley tournament picture, like, what do you need these last eight games? And I said, you gotta go five and three. Well, right now you have a chance to do that. You sweep Wisconsin, you get a split this weekend, you go five and three. But as things have evolved around the country, that also probably looks like you need probably to win that first round playoff series to feel good about getting in the NCAA tournament. So. With how this team is so much better at home, it is vital to get to that four seed. And I also think that if they can pull off the four seed um, outside of the big narrative picture, that probably also means we did get the split this weekend. Like, I, I don't think you can get to the four seed being swept by Michigan and just sweeping Wisconsin. Yeah, let me. Especially with two games in hand. Like, let me pull up Penn State's. Because uh... they're off this weekend and State is off the last weekend. So we sit while you guys all play for that, that very last weekend. Yes. So Penn State. Okay, so you guys both get Wisconsin, but they get Minnesota. You guys are in a pretty even boat here. They get to host Minnesota and then play Wisconsin. You guys get a a host and then a neutral against Michigan and then face Wisconsin, uh, poor Wisconsin. And also, yeah. Cause I mean, both of you guys just have to have it, right? Like, yeah. Oh, so there'll be a gap in between Penn state. We'll play them while you guys are off. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so our dream is dead. Oh my God! Yeah, cheering for Ganado on the last weekend. Let's go. So, anyways, I could see a world where you get swept, and Penn State drops some nonsense points to Wisconsin, and you sweep them. I could see it. But, anyways, that's just me trying to be nice to you while also hoping I sweep you this weekend. Um, Michigan for the NCAA tournament picture is really trying to secure one seed here. 
that is why this series is so important and Michigan State being pretty high up in the pairwise 14th at the moment uh, a road win would be very good over them and I don't know how they count neutral site games uh, but I'm sure that it would be a solid win in the power too but really to me Michigan to get the one seed they've got six regular season games left and then the playoffs I feel like they probably got to go four and two at minimum and then at least a semi-final probably a final appearance in the playoffs I, I don't know though um, a lot more could happen I feel like in that range uh, I feel like the top three are probably locked in but that michigan penn state denver st cloud ohio state western michigan all feels like they're within a range where they could catch each other so yeah i'm just saying i mean right now as far as rpi which is how they organize the pairwise you've got minnesota at 0.60 rpi at 0.59 bu at 0.58 and you go I mean, you guys are only. Well, Michigan's really close to BU. To BU, so yeah. yeah. So you guys are really close to BU. So I feel like you're pretty safe. I think a semifinal game, and you guys can still, depending on again what goes on around you. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know, assuming so, yeah. that it's not Penn State who makes a run to the championship, or something like that. Or yeah. Right. But St. Cloud here's the thing. NCHC, you know, I, I will say, being the number five overall pairwise team and being uh having penn state as our one seed doesn't sound so bad to me that's what i say well, i say if you, avoid it. They'll, they'll, i don't know how they're gonna if you have two big 10 teams that are one seeds and then i mean fuck dude five teams might make the tournament they might not be able to Let's avoid it there's pretty there's four locks already and you guys are trying to make it um, and so is notre dame today. well notre dame's not gonna make it Oh, so never mind. I was thinking Penn State in the first round. I was overthinking it. No, no, no. no. Yeah, they'd be in our. That's what I'm saying, dude. I I want them in my region. Yeah. Maybe the Allentown region. Don't give a fuck. Don't doesn't face me. I'm unfazed. I just saw Penn State. No worries. I'm just kidding. That was a good series. Penn State could absolutely beat Michigan. That would be the Allentown regional. Uh, Michigan. Go get the. It really feels with them being four and five in the pairwise, like they're they're on track to be in the same region. Um, either way, so that's what Michigan's playing for. Point blank, this series is big for both teams in the national picture, but also this is something I wanted to touch on here. This series should be big for both teams in the picture of the state of the rivalry. I mean, this is the first time since I've been watching college hockey, not exaggeration here, that Mi- that Michigan State has a pulse. Like, I, I and that's mm-hmm. that may sound mean, but Jeremy's nodding his head and just went, mm-hmm. I'm right. It, they haven't had a pulse, and now they do. Now they're fighting to get in the NCAA tournament, which is a huge step for that program, one that they'd be taking much sooner than expected. Michigan is trying to maintain the power in the rivalry. This is a big weekend from that perspective. Take away all the Big Ten context. Take away all the national context. You're looking at a team. You're looking at a another fighter who's trying to get off the mat and get themselves on their feet. Does it? It appears you're going to be fighting recruiting battles. Now, 
you don't want to let them get up. And obviously Michigan State is so close to getting up and taking some back some ownership in this rivalry. I, you know how hard they want this. So this should be a really good series. I'm getting amped up just sitting here on my little monologue, dude. I, it, this is going to be fun. The first edition was fun. Oh, yeah, that first weekend was great. That was like two excellent games. Yeah. Yeah. In, uh... in, in typical fashion, I mean, that's the game. That brought a lot of people that are kind of the casuals back to actually carrying about OSU hockey there for a minute. It was kind of held on. I mean, they sold out every game after Christmas. So, yeah, yeah, Friday night's going to be electric and Mon. Saturday, I fully anticipated it to be electric in in Little Caesars Arena. I've been to Duel in the D once before when it was a dog shit MSU team playing against Quinn Hughes, and then the rest of that team was pretty dog shit. And that arena was electric. Whenever the momentum swings of just the ice tilting would happen, you could hear one fan base start to get up a little bit, and then the other fan base would get annoyed. So as soon as the ice would tilt back the other way, and it, it's cool. It's a a neutral site hockey game is a good time, and I think think there's going to be a lot of a lot of amped up fans in there Saturday night. I'll be one of them. I'm I'm really excited to be there. So yeah, be there, huh? Oh yeah, I love the. I'm doing the old two out of three days at the LCA this week. Going to the Red Wings game uh, Thursday, so today or yesterday if you're listening to this, uh, and then Saturday I'll be at Duel in the D, cheering really hard for the old Maze and Blue. Uh, first, I did want to touch on a couple of actual hockey things instead of just talking about vibes just for a little bit. Don't worry, folks, the vibes will return soon. Um, for Michigan, one of the biggest things I've seen in this uh, winning streak here, separating Fantilli and Mackie Samuskevich, getting Gavin Brindley along with Fantilli, getting Mackie back with – well, I think he was with Dylan Duke, but – uh oh my god who's centering that line oh tj hughes is centering that line and tj hughes has been a massive freshman and so this one-two punch down the middle of freshmen has really been working out for michigan brindley and fantilly nhl teams beware if you get fantilly at two and then brindley's still on the board at your next pick i'd pick him just to keep him on the same line because it's gone that well um it's been awesome luke hughes Look out for a big series for him this weekend. He's been coming on strong. He saw uh, Fantilli getting all that Hobie talk and said, eh, I want a little bit of that for myself. Uh, a four-goal game against Penn State in a 5-4 win. You heard that right, folks. Four out of five goals were scored by defenseman Luke Hughes. Uh, it, yeah, That was really the turning point of his season. He's been excellent since. And then you touched on this. Do we see the return of Frank Nazar at all this season? And obviously this weekend, it appears to be on the table, but uh, haven't really heard a bunch of noise. Yeah, I, I don't know. From people that I was talking to, uh, sounds like they, they thought he might be back last weekend. Um, wasn't quite ready to be back, but I mean, if you want him for the stretch run, it's a it's a tough first weekend to come back, but you got to kind of get. Uh, yeah, get but at this time. point, it's either MSU, so. OSU, or Notre Dame. I, I, 
you, you would have loved to get him in against Wisconsin, but if he's going to get exactly. thrown into the fire, there's no scenario here where it's not getting thrown into the fire. Uh, you're just going to have to go deal with it, and hopefully it makes you better for a March run. Um, yeah, so th- those are really my main points on Michigan. Uh, I-, I think this team is clearly headed in the right direction. I am excited to see how they differ in crunch time under a coach who clearly has a different motivational style than the previous regime. I think that stuff can make a big impact. And so I'm excited to see how this second edition goes. I uh, We'll get to predictions in a minute, but uh, why don't you give some details on why you think uh, things are going to go well or badly for MSU? Well, man, I mean, I don't know. I look at like that series that we had back in December, and I think that all the things that were clicking back then are still clicking. So I think it shouldn't be a series for us where I go into it expecting just because Michigan has gotten better, uh, better play and everything like that to expect now it all of a sudden swings momentum at all. Um, you know, looking, you know, last week in the Notre Dame series, like the Mueller line, your seniors are coming on, like Nico Mueller and Jordan Joshua had a great weekend last weekend. And those are two guys that I think, Nico probably will play a different role this weekend. He's a little bit more you need him to probably focus on shutting shutting down the lines he's out there against. But um like I look at this weekend, like this is a Jagger weekend. Like I thought that Saturday night, yeah, he scored the one goal, but even outside the one goal, Jagger was their best guy going. Um that Yost game. And I think that that's gonna have to be the case this weekend too. Um you know, and in a goalie matchup for this season, I take St. Cyr over Portillo just as more consistent um, for that, especially for the Friday night home game, right? Like Portillo yeah, man. is not sharp at mine. He, he was much That's better a good, Saturday that night. That is a Yost, great point. So. That is a great point. Uh, Portillo has had an up and down year. Mm-hmm. St. Cyr has been largely the same guy that he's been for the past eight years of college hockey over seven different countries on four continents. Um, yes. but, uh, you can count on him though. That's a great point. Uh, I, I, I just can't stop thinking about how excited I am for this series. I, I remember talking to you before we even really knew each other on Twitter being like, man, I've never got to see this rivalry at its max. And this isn't even close and it still feels so much more intense, uh, than, than it has in my time watching college hockey. So I can only imagine if, if MSU starts competing for big 10 titles with us, if they start making frozen fours with us, uh, this is going to be fun, man. It's going to get heated. It's going to be everything that hockey should be. Yep. I mean, they've already heated up on recruiting trail, uh, mm-hmm. you know, started back in August there. Um, but we probably figured the ice, it wasn't until, you know, for a little bit longer. And uh no, it's it's already here, man. I don't know if you saw today, man, but uh new seventeens, we had our guys going there too. So yeah, it's I'm ready. No, I'm I, ready for this weekend. I'm ready for yeah. this weekend. I'm ready for you know, hopefully we get two good good ones. And it's it's awesome that Saturday nights on ESPN, you don't even have to have the uh Valley Sports Detroit. Oh, is it? Yes, I you. haven't even it's, been worrying about it since I've been going. I like it. it sucks. It sucks that it's a Bucci Grass game. I'm sure that's the downside. But uh, but 
That's I'll be in arena with Bucci Gross. Never know what I can make happen, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just so, make sure you bring plenty of chicken parm. <laughs> oh, I want to end the pot on that so badly, but I we have to get predictions before we get out of here. I, I have to give a prediction. I because I I have to be a cocky son of a bitch. Uh I'm I'm riding high off a bunch of wins. I'm gonna go uh Michigan 4-2 with a late empty netter at Mon, and then I'm going to go an overtime 3-2 victory at Little Caesars Arena to lift the Iron D. Uh, so I will say Friday plays in MSU's hands. It's a little bit more of our uh, defensive match. Um, maybe something like a two, another 2-1 two game Friday. And I will say Saturday, I uh, for some reason, LCA, we always kind of bite it as far as defense in LCA. So let's say it's a little bit more track meaty, um, like a 5-2, five, 5-3 five, five, Michigan win Saturday. I um, like it. Anymore, with, I'm sure Luke Hughes, Google, like, <laughs> that dude, that is something, moment, so. something that makes Bouchigras say something that makes him sound like just the biggest douche in the world that he is. 